Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Full Coder Podcast. My name is Mpo Mutloni. I've got Tim Delace here with me. It's a week. Oh, not a week. It's the week of the test match. Um, we're going to be watching test cricket from like midnight all the way to the morning. So we need to figure out our clocks uh, like we're watching in the Super Bowl. So that's going to be quite interesting. Um, but yeah, we're here. South Africa New Zealand Test Series preview. Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing doing well, mate. Um, strangely, I wouldn't say confident, but strangely optimistic about the upcoming <laughs> Test Series. Yeah. So before we do anything, uh, please remember you can follow us on X at the Full Quarter Pod. You can subscribe to the One World Sports Radio YouTube channel. The uh, we've got. A lot of other podcasts, there's a rugby podcast out there, so we're going to check it out, a soccer podcast. We do all things, so just follow us there. But we've got an audio version on Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts for you audio fiends like myself who want to listen to everything while driving in the car in South Africa or in Joburg, because in Cape Town, there's not a lot of traffic. In Joburg, there's a whole lot of traffic. So if you want to listen to that, um, you can do that as well. So... The test series. The C team slash B team slash I don't know what type of team it is has arrived in New Zealand. They had a good game, Tim, so far uh, in the warm-ups. Um, but the big issue now will be um, getting this team to try seemingly win a game. But like we always do, we always have someone from New Zealand to come and talk to us. This time, it's always, not it's actually not this time, it's always been added um we he's he's got our vote of confidence as our new zealand person so we'd like to bring adam on um and firstly obviously we'd like to adam we'd like to apologize for the one point wins um the one point win in the world rugby world cup final also um us beating you in the in the world cup the cricket world cup um so we do apologize we put that up there if you feel this is your moment of revenge i don't know do you think it's the moment for revenge now since we're well, there in New Zealand. Um, well, I mean, New Zealand's never won a test series against South Africa. So <laughs> I'm thinking this next few weeks may be our best time. Well, look, and you've, you've brought out a strong side, right? And South Africa brought out a, a slightly weakened side. Our side was announced two months ago. Well, it seems like it was two months ago. It was last year uh, in December. What was the news in New Zealand around that around the fact that the Rabadas are not coming, the Markrams are not coming, the Algas and the uh, Kutsias are not coming to New Zealand? A lot of disbelief, um, to be honest. Look, when I when I first heard the news, which was, I think, what, September, I think it was, that, that South Africa were going to be sitting at a, an understrength team, I honestly thought, um, yeah, sure, they're announcing that they'll be sitting at an understrength side, but somehow they would work this out um and um cricket south africa would, would end up being able to negotiate something um with this with the sa20 and then we'd see the top stars but i think it was in december that it really hit home you know for me personally when i when i saw the squad being announced and i was like okay there is no chance that any of the top stars are coming now um and it was disappointing to be honest when, when we first heard that i know that a lot of the south africa South African side have been playing for the South African A side against the West Indies in December. Um, so I know that they've been playing some some cricket together. But, I mean, it was really disappointing, to, to be honest. I mean, I think a lot of people in New Zealand feel 
is if Cricket South Africa had prioritised the, the, the SA20 over yeah. Test Cricket. And I think a lot of people in this country are very worried about where um, Test Cricket is going. And obviously that's a, 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 a an issue that we probably won't get into today, but it's, um, you know, I guess it's a big talking point around the world in cricket at the moment. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's um, you're right. We're not going to get into that. We're going to get into the actual integrity of the series. But we we uh, fully don't understand why there was not some sort of um, common ground between the two parties. We uh, we found it astounding that we are sending a, a weakened side, whether it's a B, C, D, whatever. It's a weakened protest side, mm. and most of the money that cricket South Africa makes is from the test team. That's where it makes its yeah. money. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's baffling. And, and hopefully, hopefully in the years to come, there will be a solution because this is not good for the game. But anyway, let's put that aside. Um, yes. So, uh, ooh. all good. We, Adam's on his way back. <laughs> uh, here he is. So, um, what are your thoughts on your, your team, your, your team selection, um, in particular the the changes that we've seen since the last series against Bangladesh? So the dropping of Nicholas and Patel, and 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 your just your general squad. What are your thoughts of it? I, I think it's a pretty predictable squad. Um, obviously Henry Nichols is the the big casualty. Um, from the last time New Zealand played South Africa a few seasons ago. And uh, from memory, he actually got 100 in the first Test match. Um, that got New Zealand out of a bit of a spot of bother with, and, with, and he had a good partnership with Bundle. So, you know, he has had success against South Africa before. Um, I think his, his last year in Test cricket hasn't been his best. I think New Zealand has also, also developed a bit of depth in Test cricket. Um, Glenn Phillips has um, had a, a good start to his career, played a match-winning knock in Bangladesh and, and had a really good series over there in, in tough conditions. So, you know, I, I think just um, the weight of numbers for Henry Nichols over the last year um, has really costed him in, in the series. And funnily enough, you know, his overseas record isn't so good, but he's actually got a very good home record, and that's what a lot of his fans argue. Um, and a lot of people who do support Henry Nichols um, think that maybe he should should have been given another um, spot on the test side. But, you know, he is 32 years of age now. I think New Zealand cricket really does need to refresh on their, their team. And and it's good to see the likes of Ravindra and, and Glenn Phillips given a, a shot in the in the test squad. Yeah, uh, it, it is quite interesting because obviously he's a, he's a mainstay. But out of that Bangladesh series, right, what were the... Was, what was the expectation for that Bangladesh series? And um, obviously you drew that series. So um, what are the learnings that you think this team is coming into this series? I think the biggest learning, and one, one big learning I think for all test playing nations, is that you cannot take other teams lightly. I mean, we just saw that a, a week ago, oh well, you know, a week or so ago, <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> West Indies tipped up Australia at the Gabba. Um, and, and I think a lot of New Zealand fans thought that we'd go to Bangladesh and we'd get a, a 2 0 series win over there. But, you know, Bangladesh is a very difficult place to, to win games of cricket. And they've tipped up a lot of very good teams over there in Test cricket in the past. They've beaten Australia, they've beaten England um, and other teams. They pushed India um, last season as well. 
Um, so, you know, it's a difficult place to play, but I think historically, you know, I think New Zealand fans would have expected us to go over to Bangladesh and win that series 2-0. Obviously not comfortably, um, yeah. but at the end, that, that one loss um, set New Zealand's WTC campaign off to a, um, a rocky start. Yeah, it, it, I just, I, I, I agree with you. You can't take any any home notion for granted. And you can't take us for granted. It, 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 can't, it can't take <laughs> us, even though we, we are weakened. Um, okay, so to touch on, on, on a new face that uh, our listeners and viewers won't know, uh, William O'Rourke, give us a, a lowdown on, on where he's come from and uh, whether he's likely, do you think, to get uh, a test cap at, at, at this stage? He hasn't been selected for the first test. Um, however, he may get an opportunity um, in the second test um, in Hamilton. Um, look, he's a he's another tall bowler. Um, he bowls in you know the mid one thirties, moves the ball around, gets a lot of bounce. Had a really good series against Australia A for New Zealand A. Um, I think it would have been August. Um, he really terrorised the Australian A batting lineup there. Um, he's got a really good domestic record. Um, he's the son of former Wellington pace bowler and Patrick O'Rourke, so he's 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 got that pedigree. Um, I think he's on the fringes of of getting his test debut. It depends on New Zealand's makeup of of this side. I mean, obviously um, at the moment um, for the first test, you've got Neil Wagner, Tim Salvey, Matt Henry, and Kyle Jamieson. Um, so you know, that's a pretty that's a pretty strong um, bowling quartet. Um, whether they decide to rest one of those pace bowlers for the second test, I guess we'll find out. But I think he's coming into the New Zealand side at the right time in his career. And I think, you know, I, think I just touched on that New Zealand cricket really needs to, to integrate some younger players into the side because if you actually look through the New Zealand squad, it's full of a lot of players over the age of 30. And, and those four guys that I mentioned, um, I think Jameson is coming up 30, but those other three guys are, you know, 33, um, 32, and I think you know Wagner's 37, and then McSally might be what 35 now. So, yes. so New Zealand needs to at some point integrate some players, and it's just when will they, they do it will be the be the question. Yeah, one of the things that I could commend New Zealand for is is the fact that they've got a consistent lineup. There's, there's there's not a lot of changes compared to everywhere else in the world, and obviously it re, it breeds that thought of. They're getting a lot older and, and everything else. So, so now, the last time we were here, Kane Williamson was captain. Now it's Tim Salvey. How is the Tim Salvey, though short, Rain, and what are you expecting from him um, going into this test series? And also, obviously, Kane's coming back into the fold. He wasn't available for Bangladesh, I assume. I understand. Uh, and so now, how's that going to necessarily work having Kane in? It's just going to be like cricket where you are captain and there's all the former captains in the slip court and thinking, ooh, I wouldn't have done that. Um, how's, 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 how, how do you think that will pan out for the series? So from the from the matches I've seen Tim Sally captain, um, in, in particular the series in Pakistan, he did consult Kane Williamson a lot. So I, I, though Kane Williamson may not be the official captain, um, you know, Tim Sealy does rely on him a lot, you know, for, for advice. And you can see him, he's obviously part of the leadership group. You know, he's got that um, experience and, and responsibility within the side. Um, 
you know, he's done a, he did a great job for the Black Caps um, as captain of the Test team. But I think not having the the captaincy has, has given him the ability to just focus on his batting and take a bit of pressure off. And I, and I think with Tim Selby, you know, you see someone who understands the game from a bowler's point of view, and you can even see the way he captains society, captains society slightly differently than than Kane Williamson. He's a little bit more attacking in the way he sees things, his bowling changes, all those type of things are the the things and the aspects that, that Tim Selby brings to his captaincy. And you, you, you make a good point there about your your experience of your squad. So, yes, you want to have a, 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 a rejuvenation at some point, but the fact that you've got so much experience within that squad, I would imagine, does help. So it's different different ideas coming together as, as a unit. Um, Rather than rather than one voice, so to speak, uh, I watched I watched quite a bit of the warm up game, and with a huge caveat that it really, really was felt yeah. like a warm up game. It really lacked that <laughs> that intensity. A lot of retired, uh, I see. It it, <laughs> it really lacked that intensity. It, it really did. So it was it was good for our boys to to, to get uh, used to the conditions and stuff. But it's not a lot to take out of it. But what I did take out of it was the difference between the pace attack at the first innings and then when Jamison bowled. There was a noticeable difference in a challenge for the South African batters. They were just that, that little bit rushed, and then they, but they weren't in the first innings. And that, that was noticeable. How important is it, is it to have him back after such a long layoff and back into the fold, just for that extra bit of pace? I think he's a massive inclusion for the Black Caps. You only have to look at his um, stats in his early part of his career. I think even now he's averaging under 20, and that, and that was mm. with an extremely hard um, tour of India under his belt, um, where he didn't take a lot of wickets at all. So, I mean, he, he's so vital to the team. He adds a, a bit of a different dimension. He he gets a lot of bounce. He's an aggressive bowler. He's an aggressive character by nature. Um, he adds just that, that X factor. Um you know, obviously, New Zealand cricket's blessed at the moment that we've got a, a bit of pace bowling depth when you consider someone like Trent Bolt's no longer playing test cricket. Um, and you've got, you know, Matt Henry who's kind of walked into his shoes. And we saw how Matt Henry did a couple of years ago against South Africa with that seven-wicket bag in the first test. Um, so, you know, there are lots of aspects about New Zealand cricket at the moment that, that are strong. And I think having Cole Jameson just adds in even more strength, you know, world-class bowler in New Zealand conditions. He's always going to be challenging. Um, I, I, look, I think he's a he's a fantastic bowler. Um, handy with the bat as well. Um, he's got some some very good scores batting at eight in the New Zealand order. So, you know, it's great to have him back. He's experienced enough as well, um, but he's not one of those guys, as I mentioned, that's in the over-30 club. Um, so I think he's got a few more years left in him, which is good for New Zealand cricket. Yeah, that's actually quite um, quite an important thing. Um, the other thing is uh, Rachin Ravindra, right? Uh, he's had a great year with the bat, but not in test whites, largely in, um, in coloured clothing. Um, and obviously he gets into this side, right? And uh, obviously it's at the expense of Henry Nichols. Um, but he hasn't played that often. Uh, to a certain extent, a guy like Glenn Phillips as well hasn't played a test match at home. Um and and so 
can you give us a sense of what we're expecting out of Ratchet and Revendra? Is it more of the same, a little bit more, um, you know, attacking prowess rather than necessarily what a, a Henry Nichols provides? Um, just to give us a sense, because obviously South Africans like to do this whole cross-format selection. This feels like one of those and trying to get a guy who is in form um, and just getting him out there and and, and hopefully he'll, he'll come good. Rajan Ravindra is an interesting character because he had a very good debut for New Zealand. I mean, he saved um, a test match for New Zealand against India and he, and he batted for, I got, I'm not sure how long, but I mean, I think a few hours um, seeing off of Ravindra Ashwin. Ashwin. Um, so he's shown at this level to have a lot of composure um, and a great defensive technique. Now, domestically, he opens the batting for Wellington. For New Zealand, he was batting at number seven. Now, where does he fit in the New Zealand side? Um, we've got Devin Conway, who's been scoring loads of runs in all formats over the last couple of years. Tom Latham, who's a settled opener. Um, it would really mean him slotting into the middle order. I'm not sure whether that's his best position at this point. Um, he is more of a, a free-scoring batsman as, as well. So, you know, there's a lot of comparisons around uh, Ravindra and Kane Williamson. I think one of the things with Kane Williamson that he was showing showed all, all from a very early age is he was a very compact and technical batsman. Mm. I think Ravindra um, is a little bit more of a free-scoring batsman. Um, so where he slots in at the moment, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I think Glenn Phillips at this point would, would have the, the nod over him at, at this point. Yeah, and speaking about Glenn Phillips, um, so obviously he also hasn't had a long time in international cricket. He played well in Bangladesh in that I think that second test that you won where he had two fighting knocks, 180, 140. Um, he also, I think to South Africans, that always see Glenn Phillips as the destructive T20 batter, the guy who, you know, adds that 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 little bit of a, a baseball element. Well, we're assuming could add that baseball element to your side. Is that his role in the side? Or is it just more of a traditional, just, you know, you can go through the gears and he's that type of multifaceted batter? Um, yeah. I, look, I think he's a multifaceted batter. And I think he also showed in Bangladesh that he has the ability to play on spinning tracks. Um, you know, this is a guy that has experience playing in the CPL, and, and we know in the Caribbean that some of the pitches there can think that can turn and are often slow. Um, so he built up this experience playing there before playing international cricket, and I think this experience has really helped him in his game at international level. So... Though he is an attacking batsman by nature, I don't think he's someone that could be pigeonholed into that role. I actually kind of see him similar to someone like an Andrew Simons used to be for Australia. You know, he's someone that can score quickly, um, someone that's dynamic in the field, and then you've got someone um, that can roll his arm over. And we saw in Bangladesh that um, yeah, he can be successful with the ball. And we also saw in the World Cup um, that his bowling was more than handy. Yeah, look, he's another South African-born batter, so um, he might score a lot of runs in this series. Who knows? Uh, because it's seemingly that's how that's how it goes um, with that with that with, with those types of players. It's going to be interesting which one you go. I think you're right, but they can both bowl, which is a, a huge asset for both both of them, um, Vindra and and uh, Phillips, which is which is an inter interesting run. It is. I mean, you, look, New Zealand could easily go in with 
you know, a quartet of pace bowlers, and then you'd have Ravindra and Glenn Phillips as your as your spinning options, and they they are better than you know part time bowlers. Um, the the other option I think would be to play Glenn Phillips at number five, Blundell bats at number six, and then Mitchell Satner um, mm. is at seven, and then you play the four quick bowlers. I I feel as much I feel like Mitch Satner might get the nod for this first test. That's that's my gut feel. The conditions at Mount Manganui. Um, it's been a while since we played there. or played there two years ago, and it it it, it was something else. Um, are we expecting a green top, or is it going to be um, somewhat of a uh, not not less green, but a little bit more in for a team that wants to play a few more spinners and and, and easier to, to for batters? So the last time New Zealand played a test at the mound, uh, New Zealand lost to Bangladesh. Now that that result will probably tell you a story about the kind of pitch that was at mount that day. Um, Bangladesh have these seamers, though. Um, which era Bangladesh? <laughs> <laughs> well, well actually, actually, to be fair, um, I, I'm just trying to think of the, the, the fast bowler's name. He took a, he took a 10 for. Um, but it was a pitch that was with a real dry track. Um, and it was a, was a pitch where um, that bowler whose name escapes me was bowling just wicket to wicket and was getting a lot of bolts. Um, so I, I expect something to be quite dry, um, a dry track. Um, I, I don't think it'll be a seeming pitch. That's my gut feel. I mean, it's been, you know, late 20s in New Zealand over the last week or so. Um, the test match before then again, the test, sorry, the test match against England. Um, so that was last year. So the test match against England, the one against Bangladesh was before. The game against England, it was a, a more of a green pitch. Um, but it was also a day-night test as well, so it's kind of hard to really get, you know, a good feel of of what the conditions were compared to what it would normally be at the at the mount. Um, the test match they played against England in two thousand and nineteen, um, you know, that was a a relatively good batting pitch. Um, you know, Mitchell Sandy got his his first test hundred there. I think New Zealand racked up five hundred odd, and, and BJ Watling got a double century. So. If it's something similar, similar to what we saw against England, the first time they played England in 2019, then I expect it to be a really dry pitch and a very good batting wicket. Interesting. The, the, the bowler in question is Tajul Islam. Mm. Yes. That's the one, yeah. Um, somebody who's done really well, you did, you did make the point, he's done really well in form um, in terms of the white ball stuff. But I've noticed a slight dip in form in terms of the test format. Um, but I, I, I think I think the fact that playing with South Africa might give him that extra motivation is Devin Conway. So he's averaged just, just over 30 over the last two years in test cricket. Is there a slight concern in his test form um, at the moment? Or are you happy that he, he, he will come good? I think there's a bit of a concern about his form in general. Um, because his form in all formats since that 100 that he got against England has held off a little bit. Um, his form in Bangladesh wasn't so good. Um, he struggled in the in the recent T20s against Pakistan. His domestic form hasn't been so good. He looks really scratchy. Um, I think there's a, a bit of a thought in New Zealand that maybe he, he needs a, a break from cricket because he played an awful amount of cricket last year. 
Um, he played the IPL. He went and played in the MLC. He played in the hundred um, and in the World Cup. So there was a there was there was a lot of cricket last year. So you're just just wondering whether maybe he needs a little bit of a break because he started off such, with such a hiss and a roar, and I guess there's expectations that he could keep that form going. But we all know an international cricket is a hard place to. To, to continue that kind of form and players do dip in and out of form at times um, and this is the first time in his career that he's that he's had this blip um, so I, I think this two series against South Africa presents a great opportunity for him to get himself into some some form yeah yeah that's actually quite uh, quite interesting right um is that what you is that what the general sentiment is in New Zealand around the series? Is that this is the time to get a guys who are all form into form, get new guys back in because you're not facing the Rabatas, the Nokias, and uh, Marco Janssens of the world. Uh, essentially, is, is is that is that the thinking around around this team? Are there any players that people are talking about who are who, that they're worried about that side? So just on the the Devon Conway situation, just to just to confirm, I'm not taking South Africa lightly at all. Um, and in terms of getting into form, I think it's just the fact that it's the Test format. He's not in a rush. Um, he's at home. He's not on spinning tracks of Bangladesh. And, and he's played against all these bowlers in South Africa before he came that side. Well. So. <laughs> He might just walk out of there. Devin might just walk out of there and face the first couple of balls and be like, "No, I know this. I faced this before." It's not. It's not playing. It's like a through the ground. Yes, that that's what it feels like. Because if you look at a lot of the players that here, a lot of the players started off with him. Neil Brandt, uh, Duan, Tepo Moreki, um, and 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 you kind of have a sense. Yeah. Dane Peter as well. Um, you kind of have a sense that you know it might also be a, a moment for Devin to prove something. But he always plays well against South Africa. I know him well, knew him personally back in those days. And man does not like will, will want to put you know us under pressure. Um, but yeah, but the thinking is it that is it that type of a situation of yes, Bangladesh wasn't great. Uh, with the one-one for World Test Championship, but this presents an opportunity to get us back on course with Australia coming as well. Yes, it's not going to be the best attack, but it's going to be a good enough attack to get our guys in because we've got the Aussies coming after this. I think there's a lot of fans out there that are, are worried about the South African side, um, and and I think a lot of that worry is is, is from a, a couple of factors. One, the unknown. Um, mm -hmm. And number two, the fact that we've just seen the West Indies beat Australia. Um, so you add all those factors together, um, and the fact that we've that New Zealand's never beaten South Africa in a Test series, um, and the fact that we know that South Africa have a very, very good domestic system, and you produce good players. and And I, I had a look at the South African squad actually, and I was and I just went through a few names, and and I looked at the batting lineup, and the first thing I, I thought was you've got Eddie Moore and Hamza. Who are in the top ten run scorers in, in first class cricket in South Africa for the 23-24 season? So two two guys that are in good form domestically. Um, you've got Peterson, who was player of the series against India a couple of years ago. Um, Beddingham, who's got a great first class record. Cool. So right there and there, you've got four players who've got a very good pedigree. You also think about 
South African cricket at the moment now that Dean Algo's retired. The only other really experienced player is Ada Makram. And, you know, we saw Tristan Stubbs make his debut against India. Um, you know, obviously, Bettingham played in that series as well. Um, Verena still hasn't really quite established himself in the in the test side. There's some great opportunities for these guys to perform. I think these guys have got or have so much motivation because if they, if they perform against New Zealand, there's a spot for them later in, along the line in the, in the South African test squad. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to be easy for our bowlers at all. I, I'm not sure what your thoughts are about that. Can you I'm go to the South African change room and tell them this, please, Adam? <laughs> or we'll take a little snippet and send it to them. Because essentially, that's our. I think that's our sentiment, right? It's it's an opportunity for guys to get themselves back into the test side. Forget about the fact that we're giving out like nine, ten test caps, whatever it is, however many that may be uh, going in or bringing back guys like Dane Pete to somehow somewhere was chilling in Washington in, in, in America when he got a phone call to come back home. Um, but I think for me, when I look at this test series, I, I think the only way we can actually get something out of it is if we batted really, really well. I don't think our bowlers are at the quality of your bowling attack. And that's where I think it's going to be a struggle. The fact that we're getting to New Zealand and there's guys who are coming into the side, there are guys who are um, looking to find form, uh, guys coming back from injury, i.e. Kane Williamson, um, Tim Southey's a relatively newish captain, but that bowling attack tells me that if you guys go firing, if, if Wagner goes on a spell, we're done, Right. Um, but 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 that's the thing about the batting lineup. It's it's one of those situations where you sit in there going, if somebody comes out with a century or a big one here, we keep ourselves in the game, and you just hope and hope that our bowlers find their lengths very quickly, and, and they and they do it that way. But as you said, it's an opportunity for someone to write the most incredible cricketing story uh, in the world. Like I see Shamar Joseph's one. But how's about this one where guys who thought they were never, ever going to play in the Proteus side, now all of a sudden getting that cap and finding a way to stay in that side for the next couple of years. It's it's that type of fairy tale stuff that I'm not a fan of. It's nice, but yeah, it, it stays in fairy tale land for the kids. But yeah, it, it's just a little bit different because it's test cricket and test cricket um over time doesn't doesn't do well for fairy tales unless if you're shamar joseph because shamar deserves everything in the world right now well well hamza i mean he was the golden boy of of south african cricket a few years ago you know um so it's a massive opportunity for him um you know interesting that the south african the south african side which played as south africa a against the west indies beat the west indies that contained like half the players that played at the gabba <laughs> You know, so I, I, I looked through. I did my research for coming on here, for coming on here, guys. Um, I, the only thing is, right, it's the bowlers. So I, I had a look mm. at the bowling lineup, and you've got Dwayne Olivia, who obviously we know he's got a great test record, um, great county record, um, probably not in his prime, but I see that he did well domestically. Uh, he's been doing well domestically recently. Um, and then Patterson, who was very good in – County cricket last year and Division One as well got fifty mm. first class wickets, but hasn't had a great domestic season in South Africa. So I mean, I think those two guys are the two guys that South Africa are really going to have to lean on. Um, 
and then obviously Pete and and and, and a few others. But um, for me, the batting lineup of South Africa looks looks really good. Just the bowling lineup, as as you as you point out, looks um, a lot weaker than New Zealand's. But even then, right? To, even then, if you look at the guys you've named, um, they they can they can find something, and to a certain extent, that's my hope in this is that somewhere deep inside for that bowling attack, especially for a guy like Duan and and and, and Dame Patterson, if this is their last dance and they treat it like that, I think they pose the biggest threat to New Zealand. It's just we've watched them bowl this season, Tim, and. They haven't been the same, right? What worried me was that warm-up game. Now, with all the caveats of like it, like with intensity, looked like a warm-up. It looked like a pedestrian bowling lineup. It really did. Guys, to be fair, New Zealand guys I'd never heard of were making it look very, <laughs> very easy. Very, very easy. I, I didn't times, see that. There were times with Have you heard of those a... New Zealand guys, Adam? By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes, but you wouldn't be putting them on like any. Um, you wouldn't be putting them in the top category of New Zealand players. I mean, I think, I think Zach Cumming, I think, or something, some Mahindra. I, I, I kind of looked at some scores. I wasn't really following it closely, but I did look yeah. at um, the South African bowling figures, and I was a little bit. Um, Concerned when I saw some of the, f- the figures, especially the opening bowlers. I, I, I just, from a Slavic perspective, I hope they were not going at 100%. Mm. I hope they were going at like 80% and treating it as if it was a net session. Because that's that's the impression I got as a whole, which did which did worry me. Um, but, but you're right. I think we can score runs on those wickets. My worry is, can we get 20 wickets? I have my doubts. I'm not saying we can't. I I just have my doubts. Um, and unless unless the pitches are conducive to swing bowling, which would help Olafia and Patterson mm. massively, I think we're going and to and as well. Yeah, I think we're going to struggle unless it con- is conducive to swing bowling. I think we're going to struggle on those pitches. Look, there is that mental hurdle of New Zealand never beating South Africa as well. Um, yeah. I don't know how much that plays into this. Look, it comes, I think for me, it will come down to the whoever, like, for instance, in my, in my head, um, I'd like us to win the toss and bat first, get the guys in, get, get, get our best foot forward, right, on a pitch that might deteriorate over time, right? You've got Dane Pete, uh, who's there, who can cause a lot of problems. And then you just hope that those guys, when they get the new cherry in their hands, can can get the ball moving. We've got Moreki, who isn't necessarily a swing bowler, but he's increased his pace significantly to to, to bother batters now at like a at a not necessarily at an international level. He'd be he's not Vernon Feland as because he doesn't get the swing, but the pace is can is, can bother you. It's, yes, yeah, it's, it's a similar, similar. Vernon yeah. pace, but he can get the ball to move a little bit or seem away a little bit, which is fine. But then you've got Dane and you've also got Duan who with that red cherry they can they can cause a lot of damage. And from our conversation with you, Adam, from a batting perspective, there's a lot of guys with question marks who will feel as though, and this is the funny thing about sport, is that when you think you should be beating an opposition and you're trying too hard, 
you could find yourself in trouble. And I think that's where South Africa is going to be trying to go for. And my thing is, I look at Neil Brandt as a captain, right? He's also a really good spin bowler in the longer format, right? And he's the type of guy who has the Dean Algae effect. That the uh, never say die, not going to give my wicket away easily. You're going to have to carry me off this field to take me off. And if they have that type of mentality with their bowling of we're just going to be there at the right lines and lengths all the time, then you can get there. And it's not beyond the realms of Dwan to do that. It's not beyond the realms of that bowling attack. It's just it's just a marked difference in quality that we're severely worried about. From a batting perspective, those guys are the next guys in line, effectively. Um, yeah. and it's, 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 it's effectively, we've, we've taken a year. It's, it kind of feels like the, the West Indies, right? The West Indies batting lineup in Australia got a lot of new guys in there and the bowling lineup had a, a lot of guys we knew, uh, we had question marks, obviously Kemal Roach is in the back end of his career. And the problem with our batting lineup compared to the West Indies is that we don't have a star that we're unleashing here because all our stars are here playing T20 cricket. Um, and so it's... <laughs> It's a weird one to place, but I think on a flatter pitch, it helps South Africa a lot more than on a pacey and bouncier pitch because I don't think that golf in class. Because the only thing is, if we can get through that Henry Southey spell up front, um, I trust our, our guys to get through Wagner, uh, Wagner, and I still call him Wagner, sorry. Uh, and 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 Carl Jameson is going to be an interesting one, but because uh, of because of his release point, obviously, but. It's it's it, it's not beyond the realms of possibility for guys to try fight their way in. It's just it's just a it's disappointing to be sitting here, Adam, and talking about a South African New Zealand series where both teams have a chance of making it to the World Test Championship final again. And the way we saw this series before the drama was, we these guys haven't beaten us before. We've gone to New Zealand and gotten a result. Yep. This is an yep. easy way for us to get through because we've gotten through India. Yes, it was a draw, but we'll take that. And then from here on out, we don't play Australia or England. So it's an easy walk to wherever it is in England that's going to be hosting the final. But it's just disappointing because I'd have just loved one pace bowler. Give me Cajiso, give me Gerald, give me somebody. <laughs> well, <laughs> but we got to have that. Well, funnily enough, I was looking at the SA20 table um, today and I see that Pretoria Capitals and in MI Cape Town are the two bottom teams. And I, I went through the list of all <laughs> players that could potentially make the second test, right? Mm -hmm. Could they do it? So the last game, when's the last round robber game? The 5th of, of February. It's the second test is on the 11th. Now, mm. now could you get Duper Villain? Could you get Rabada? Could you get Henricks, Ewan? Um, <laughs> Uh, Pretorius, Bosch, could you get all of those guys over? Could or, or, or two of them? Look, it's not. It'd be it'd be the biggest coup and the biggest. Um, it, we'd we'd be swearing at the guys in New Zealand, and it'll probably will be dependent on how the first test goes. If the first test goes horribly, and we get bowled out inside three days, it's not beyond the realms of possibility because the first test starts. After on the, the final game for MI Cape Town. So MI yep. Cape Town play in Cape Town on Saturday. That effectively ends it all. And so, too, you also got the Joburg Super Kings where you can get an Andre Berger. Gerald Kutsia is on the mend. 
um you could say so so there's a lot of guys who can go even Reza Hendricks like we take Reza Hendricks any day on the test side he get his test debut it'd be beautiful right but it'll be dependent on how badly these guys here are doing the only issue is the cost issue because I know CSA is running a, a very tight ship there so imagine paying for another five more players who technically are contracted but flights and everything else to go there I don't think we would all mind. It would be very, very unfair for the guys who are there and who made themselves available. But it's sport, and we need a win. If we, we need like, a win. Adam, we need we need to get something, even if it's a draw. Like a draw is like a win for us. <laughs> if we can come out with two draws, it 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 it, it makes our lives. <laughs> <It's a win. laughs> yeah, you're having a parade if you get two draws. I, I will. I'll go meet them at the at, at the at the at the airport. Oliver <laughs> Tumbo. <laughs> yes. What a big sign up saying. Great, you what guys one, through the series. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I think for us here, we just don't know what we're going to see on the first, you know, in the first morning or in that test match. We've, if uh, many of our fans have watched the warm-up games and they look decent. There were guys who showed up and you were impressed by, but it was just a situation of we didn't know how to place this West Indian side over and above. We didn't know how these guys looked. And when we saw them, they looked to shat all the bowlers. They looked a shadow of their former selves. The only person who improved and got his ticket onto the plane was Tsepomoreki, who I think could be one of those Neil Wagner type of characters who had to fight through everything in cricket to get to the end. And this could be the start of something amazing. And I think he could be the X factor here because... Nobody knows anything about him. Um, all we know, well, from a, from, from a New Zealand perspective, all we know is this kid has got heart for days. And he can steam in and run in for as long as he can. And he's the Lazard Williams type of player, right? And if you watch Lazard at the World Cup, every time he was given a chance, he just gave it 150%. And if you get guys like that, the sum of the parts, even though the parts may be of a lesser value than New Zealand's parts, may end up being greater than the whole. And that's what we're hoping for, Adam. That's that's literally all we're hoping. We're hoping for guys to score a hundred one guy to score a hundred, give us like minimum two fifty. We can work <laughs> with something like that. Bat first and score six hundred. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if, if that happens, Adam, we're having a midnight <laughs> podcast asking you how you're feeling. <laughs> Well, just, just on a New Zealand perspective, I think everybody here, right, is gutted that mm. this isn't the full strength South African side. I think if you're a true cricket fan, you want to see the best versus the best, right? Like that, that's what we all want to see. I don't think anybody really gets satisfaction from um, seeing these kind of things happen. I mean, we, we're used to it now with limited overs cricket. I mean, you watch that bilateral limited over series and, and you look at the names and, and, and you know that there's always big players missing. You know, it's just the Western rotation thing, but we don't want to see this happening in Test cricket. And I feel like this is the this is the first, well, this is the first time that this has ever happened to Test cricket, where we've just seen um, you know, top stars not being unavailable. I know some people argue the West Indies, um, but I mean, obviously, there's a little bit more to the story yeah, than that. that. Mm. Um, but this is probably the first time where we've seen an, a full understrength side um, sent from yeah. tour. So yeah. yeah. Disappointing. Yeah, it is. There's, there's no no getting a, getting away around it. It is. Um, we, me and Paul were discussing it before the series. 
I, I was semi-convinced that we were going to come to some sort of rearrangement with SA20. Like when um, England came out for the ODI series, there was a, a pause in the SA20 to have yes. to space, yeah. space for that series. I thought something similar would happen, and it would have made sense. The, the idea that Trinidad South Africa have said, we are beholden by SA20, and that's it. There is no, mm. to us, is, we understand it, but it, it, it doesn't feel right. It just, it just doesn't feel right because once you open these doors it's yeah. very very difficult to close them and an interesting one to, to ask you adam doug bracewell i know he's long done but doug bracewell found his way to johannesburg somehow i saw that and, yeah I <laughs> and and it, it kind of made me think about some of the repercussions around all of this t20 situation that's happening in the world is that you could have guys like Stoinis who came down and guys who, you know, who should be in their domestic setups playing, right? Because it's your season right now as well. But he's yeah. out here trying to earn, uh, earn a living. And, and, and it's something that I think the ICC needs to look at and all the boards need to look at because the issue for us is we're number four and five in world cricket. Right? You can decide who number four is or number five is. I'm not going to fight. Um, and, and, and the fact that we're playing a test series um with with a, with a, with a, with with one team severely under strength it hurts the tv product because yeah, we're getting certainly. to a point where it's if anyone's playing australia you'll get really really great tv coverage england or even india but outside of that and amongst ourselves nobody necessarily cares and it's it's really hard to build out test cricket even make a viable case for test cricket and even four-day cricket when the next best after the big three are playing in a test series that could effectively determine who goes to the World Test Championship final, even though it's a little bit early, but the cookie crumbles that way because yeah. there's, there's some easy roads for the rest of us in terms of the sh schedule. And it's, 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 it's 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 handicapped and and for me that's the that that's something that ICC needs to look at that's something that um, cricket South Africa not necessarily cricket New Zealand until you guys get IPL money um, for I don't know what you would call your T20 tournament um, but yeah it's Super Smash would they call it the Super Smash again yes. the Super, if they Super got Smash IPL maybe money? or is that is that it? <laughs> Yeah, uh, probably. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 interesting because there's that. You know, obviously, there's and and I know Ian Smith spoke about or one of the commentators spoke about having two windows for for Test cricket: one in October to like November, December to cover us, and then one from January to March. And then after that, everyone can play to their heart's desire, however many short form games there is. But yeah, look, one other thing I wanted to ask you, Adam, was. Hamilton, right, for all our South African viewers. Um, I don't remember the last time when Testers played there or we played there. Uh, I do remember Jacques Callas putting you to the sword one one of those years, or was it Asheville Prince or somebody? Um, and how's that? Is that still a drop-in pitch? Or is it... I'm assuming it's not in that rugby stadium. It's in... It's at Seddon Park or whatever. Yeah? It is. It is Seddon Park. Hamilton is my hometown. Okay. Um so I know a little bit about Seddon Park, so I'm probably the person to speak with. Um, no, it's not a drop-in pitch. 
Um, okay. it's, a, it's a pure cricket ground. I mean, you're probably aware we've got a lot of uh, multi-purpose stadiums mm. in New Zealand and, and Seton Park um, doesn't have a drop-in pitch. Um, it's a beautiful boutique cricket ground and has on occasions taken a lot of spin. Um, I actually can't remember the last time New Zealand played a test there. I, I, um, exactly. I, I can't. I mean, I think from memory, late 2019 against... Mm. England. Yeah. It's the last time I think I can remember. I remember seeing a test match against the West Indies, West Indies and there was like no one at the ground, apart from me and probably up uh, three pigeons. But I mean, that's that was kind of um, that day. But I mean, I, I, yeah, I haven't seen a lot of test cricket there recently. Um, a lot of the test matches that would have normally have gone to Seton Park now have been, um, will now go to the Mount. Um, due to the fact that the Mount's a new location and they've had some really good crowds over the last few years. Okay. Uh, but the conditions there are still pretty much not as SEMA friendly, a lot drier type of conditions as you're describing? It, it can be variable because they've got um, different pitches. Um, they've got one pitch there that's got a different soil and that does tend to take a bit more turn. Um, and there's, a, there's another one that... that is used a lot in first-class cricket that is green. Um, I think with New Zealand as well, it depends on the time of the year. Um, a lot of our first-class games start before Christmas, and that's generally a, a wetter part of the year um, or part of, part of the spring-summer period. Um, and there's a lot of low scores generally in that, that, that period. <clears throat> but after Christmas, our uh, weather tends to get a lot hotter and, and the pitches dry out, and that's when you see... Um, spinners kind of come into their own. So, I mean, that's another interesting aspect, the fact that um, the weather in New Zealand's been really good over the last couple of weeks, been hitting, you know, close to 30 degrees. Um, so, you know, I think the conditions here um, might be a little bit different than than the last time New Zealand played so South Africa. Because we've gotten a lot of rain down here in Johannesburg, and you guys don't, aren't getting a lot of rain, and it's just heat and sunshine. So maybe a little bit of a or of a reverse happening this side. Um, who's the guy that you're looking to, if New Zealand are going to win this test series, who's the person that you will say will be player of the series? Payne Williamson. Ooh. Okay. And I didn't even have to hesitate. I didn't it's, even it's have to hesitate. <laughs> it's not a far stretch, right? It's, it's, are, are, you, are you a little bit worried that he's keeps getting these niggly injuries. I, I, I think part of it is just there's so much figure that is being played. But are you a little bit worried about that? Um, yeah, I mean, a little. I mean, obviously, as players get older, they're more susceptible to injuries. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, yes, and no. Um, I think New Zealand cricket are doing a good, a good job at managing them. I mean, he, he didn't play the last few T20s against Pakistan. Um, I'm not sure how bad that hamstring injury was that he that he got against Pakistan, but um, apparently it was just a he just felt tightness in his hamstring. I'm not I'm not I'm not sure whether New Zealand cricket are necessarily releasing the extent of his injuries. That, that's another part of it. Um, I mean, you know, you think about the World Cup. I mean, that was a freak injury that he got um, that that broken broken thumb, and then you think about. Um, how he did his ACL. I mean, he was on the boundary. Um, you know, went up to save a save a six and, and 
bow down awkwardly. I mean, that can happen to anyone. That's th- those kind of things are freak injuries. Uh, but I know that he's had an elbow issue um, that it played to him, um, I think, a year or so ago. Um, and I think those things are just kind of wear and tear. Yeah. yeah. But it'll be interesting. Look, it's good that he's back. Um, we've seen Virat Kohli not playing in the Test Series. The Fab Four seemingly... There's only, like, Joe Root who's up there still doing the stuff, and Steve Smith has now become an opener. So that's another weird little thing. So it's good to have him back. Caden's one of the lovable guys in Test cricket. So if he beats us, I'm not going to cry. Um, if Devin and Glenn Phillips beat us, I might cry. Might be a little angry. Um, or even uh, Wagner, I'll, I'll be a little bit angry, but that's okay. Tim, <laughs> from South Africa's perspective, who, if we're going to get something out of this, and something is a draw or a, a sneaky win uh, or, or something like that, who's the player that you're looking to to say he was the reason we got this? I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go slightly left field. I'm not going to go with a batsman who's just going to bat and bat and bat and bat and get us a, I. a e. David draw. Bedding. No, 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 no. Um, I'm a bit worried about him, to be fair. I'm a little bit worried about him, but that's another topic. Um, I'm going to go down Pete. Adam has oh, said that, oh. that, it's, that, it's, that it's a bit dry over there, that they're not going to the rain. It's getting a bit warmer. As pitchers might, uh, it's now later on in the season, down Pete might uh, spin a web. We hope he does. Oh, my word. We hope he does. Yes, he's coming from America. It's fine. But yeah, he's 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 ready. He's the he's the guy, Adam, who knows he's probably not going to play again for the Proteus. But why the hell not? Why the hell not? Have you guys ever watched the movie The Replacements before? Yes. So yes. When, when the South African A's, South African side, sorry, not the A side, when the South African side was named, the first movie that went to my head was The Replacements. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be quite interesting. I, oh, look, I hope it's like the movie. It'll be fun um but yeah uh just yeah adam just it's gonna be quite quite an intriguing test series and yeah uh thank you very much for giving us your time we'll probably have you on later on to see based on who's won and who's lost um what what your feeling is of of the quality of our cricket because this is a massive massive litmus test for the domestic setup uh to be able to oh uh to be able to try and um uh, and 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 see if we actually got the the depth that uh, that's there. But Adam, uh, wish you all the best. Uh, Thanks very much, guys. Yeah. Do you think it's a two 0 or will it be a one one? What are your thoughts there? Uh, I think it will be. I think it will be two 0 mm. Um, I don't think South Africa will be easy beats at all. I, I, I look. I think it's the experience and the key moments that will be the deciding factor in the series. And I don't think any Kiwi Ken Williamson. Yeah, no, no Kiwi fans are underrating this South African side. And if they are, um, then I don't think they've really um, looked at some of the players that are coming over here for South Africa. And as you started the show off, the knack of South Africa betting New Zealand teams in sporting events. Um, we know your domestic cricket setup is strong. Um, I mean, I mean, look. If, if you guys were to beat New Zealand, I don't know what that would would say about New Zealand cricket. So that's that's another part of the equation. If, if New Zealand were to lose against the, the South African side, would that be one of the would that be the biggest upset in Test history? 
I mean, everybody talked about the West Indies beating Australia. This would nearly, this would be up there, I would imagine. Sri Lanka and South Africa in Durban in 2019 with that last wicket stand. Um, that probably yeah. would rank there. But, but Sri Lanka were but, like but, a more established side. They were established and that was a, that was their first team. That, mm. you know, it was a shock. It was a shock to, to our system. I think in more, certainly modern times, this would be the biggest shock. I'd, I'd have to say yeah. that. Yeah. I'd rather one or draw or, or a drawn series. I think you were you were saying um, if you guys get out with a drawn series, then you've you've had a great tour. Mm. Most definitely. Because yes. yeah. then, yeah, no lost series. We're still up there in the World Test Championship. And then we can rebuild in our summer because we somehow will have some test cricket. We don't have around the world but we have some and we're also going to the west indies in august so that's going to be fun with jamal joseph so be all, our, all, all our wtc predictions are now going out of the window because jamal joseph is jamal joseph and yeah but look <laughs> we beat new zealand in sheep shearing that says a lot so <laughs> It's anything is possible. But Adam, thank you very much for joining us. Have a great uh, evening, I think, or morning. I don't know what time it is that time, but thank you. It's very eleven. Much for it's eleven p. It's just coming up at eleven p.m. in New Zealand. And, and thanks oh, for letting wow. me. Re thanks for letting me reschedule um, this pod. I think it was kind of ironic that it was a New Zealander rescheduling something with South Africans tonight. I, I, I have yes. to say, said, I did, look, I did find it kind of ironic. <laughs> I was with the CSA CEO last night, and uh, I I'll let him know that I'm able to get a New Zealander to reschedule. So he actually should have asked me to call you guys. Well, well um, you know, what the, you know what these you know what these guys need to do. They need to have calendars like we all do, and have them blacked out with meetings, and then like negotiate when they can play each other. I mean, like like we all do it in our jobs. Surely, surely yeah. international teams can can do this. Yeah, I know it's 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 a massive, massive blunder and a massive error. And yeah, look, we've got this test series. It's going to be fun. Test cricket is nice, guys. So at the end of the day, Adam, we're going to be watching. You're probably going to be sitting there in Hamilton as one of the few people who'll be there. Hopefully, there'll be more than yourself and your family. But yeah, <laughs> we wish you all the best, and we'll we'll have you on later in the series to discuss what might have happened and if we've discovered any gems and if Will O'Rourke is Will O'Rourkeing. In, in Hamilton. So, um, yeah, thanks, Adam. <laughs> thanks very much, guys. Sure. Cheers, Cheers man. Adam. Cool. Tim, do you have any final words for the boys in New Zealand? Oh, just go out there and win the series, boys. Come on, win it. Win it's the not series. Impossible. It's not impossible. It's we can do this. No, it's not. It's not impossible, it's not impossible. at all. It's, at it's all. And 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 yeah look sport is funny and has a funny way of doing things so i wish shukri and the boys all the best and yeah we'll be back on monday discussing day one of the test series yes um and and, and if there's anything we should be worried about and if we should be sending people to new zealand on monday but yeah we'll be doing our sa20 recap and a preview to the playoffs but we'll talk about the beginning of that test series outside of that thank you very much everybody goodbye and lesale kakahiso <laughs>